Today on the Email Social Club, we're going to pivot a little bit because it got hectic for us this week. So we're going to just give you a little bit of a snippet of one of our album reviews and then our interview with Chicago Pop Punkers, definitely, maybe. Welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast, broadcasting to you from emosocialclub.tv. I am Lizzie, and Brian and I completely forgot to film this intro over the weekend and got pizza instead. But don't worry, nobody loses in this situation. The last few weeks, we've been experimenting with a new format with music news and new music, and we're kind of reworking some of the kinks behind the scenes. So while we do that this week, we're just going to give you a little taste of what we've been putting out on YouTube. If you follow us and subscribe to us over on there, which you should, of course, just email Social Club. You have seen that we've been doing a review of all the When We Were Young Festival's albums that are going to be played there in October. So one of the ones cycling around right now is The Curse by Artreyu. And you know what? We were there, There's some division here, and that's okay. But you're going to want to hear a commentary. Uh, if you haven't heard it, you'll hear a little snippet of it in just a hot second. And you can also just watch the full thing as well over on YouTube. Just play the podcast episode and YouTube at the same time. It's fine. It's you know, Nothing ever shuts off in our little brains. But before you do that, make sure you are also following us over on our socials at Emo Social Club on Insta and at X Emo Social Club X on Twitter and on TikTok, which we cracked over 2000 followers. So keep on going over there, sending your homies there and making them follow us. Individually, though, you can always follow us over on our Twitters and Instagram. Brian is SpookyPants1 and I am Bored and Bathory on both of those. But without further ado, let's get into it. Here's a little clip of our review of Atreyu's The Curse. When We Were Young, 2024, all album plays. We've heard albums before. We've it's, listened to a couple. It's really crazy how much we actually have listened to. Hilarious. <laughs> so we, are, we will be attending When We Were Young. There are some albums we know very well. There are some albums we've never heard. Some that I know, some that you know, some that we both know. Nobody knows, differently. actually. Somebody nobody knows. Yeah. Uh, so we are doing reviews of every record that is being played at When We Were Young, 2024. We are, we're going down them all, all 56. And on today's episode, we are talking about Atreyu's The Curse. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Uh, so before we get into our review of it, Lizzie, do you want to give us a little bit of background on this record? Yeah. So The Curse was the second full length from Atreyu. It was released on June 29, 2004 on Victory Record. Hell yeah, it was. <laughs> um, so that, that's a whole other issue entirely. We're not talking about Victory on this. Mm. <laughs> so the singles that came off of there were Bleed Mascara, Right Side of the Bed, and The Crimson. Right Side of the Bed and Crimson were played on MTV2 in Fuse. Yes, they were. Um, and this album went gold on September 14th, 2020. Mm -hmm. So still in a, a lot of people's heavy rotation. <laughs> Best Buy had a limited edition with a cover of You Give Love a Bad Name. Bought which it. was featured on the Mr. and Mrs. Smith soundtrack. Yes, it was. I bought that record from Best Buy. Shut up. Uh, I bought this record on a whim. I was like, yeah, because this was at the time. Yeah. I, the limited edition came out. I think I, I think I saw them on like the Warped Tour lineup, and I went to Best Buy, bought the limited edition, numbered, 
like limited like limited edition no, numbered yeah, they CD said it was like only like with 30, that cover. 30,000. Yeah, so I I have one of those somewhere. Rip Best Buy who just took off all physical media off their shelves. Prayers up. Never been uh, forgotten. <laughs> they also did a lot of this this was like almost a soundtrack band in general. Mm. On Underworld Evolution, another single from a different album with her portrait in black was oh, on yeah. that soundtrack. No, that was a that was a made for that soundtrack. Oh, it was made for that. Oh, okay. they wrote that for that soundtrack. Um, right Side of the Bed is in Burnout 3 Takedown, which is a video game. So <laughs> that was on that soundtrack. Do you have you heard of this? They do games where you're like you're playing them. Listen, I'm a crazy like, taxi cab girly, okay? <laughs> it's like that. It's just a different I one. thought that that's how people drove for a really long time. Anyway, besides the point, in 2005, they did a re-release with a DVD included, and it included their music videos from that album. And they also had an instrumental version that was only on iTunes. Mm -hmm. All right. So let me tell you what I think about this record. Damn. I love this record. <laughs> I When I bought it from Best Buy, I got it. And I was like, all right, I don't know. This is going to be just like a random CD that I bought without knowing it. And I was like, from minute one, just I love this record. This was, remember, this is 04. This is. Uh, yeah. Pre a lot of bands that did a lot of big stuff in metal metalcore scene. After this, this was very early in that metalcore, right. the metalcore days, the Warped Tour days. Uh, it is their second record, but I think this is where like they were getting a little bit more attention on them uh, because of Warped Tour and stuff. That they they had a little bit more behind this. I'm saying this to also understand that this is objectively a cringe as fuck record. <laughs> The lyrics on this are super cringe oh, yeah. and it's all about like vampires and shit. And I'm like, that's fine. We love vampires here. Yes. So that is by no means missed. I'm, I'm not missing that, but I, I, I may be looking at this with too much nostalgia goggles and saying, this is so much fun. It's a dumb metalcore record that just has like a ton of breakdowns on it and a ton of like, just catchy choruses and the screaming parts are catchy too. So I'm, I'm just like, I, I was reminded how much I'm very much bought into this record. Uh, three of the standout tracks for me, uh, corseting was one of them. Uh, one of the like more like random tracks on this, but I felt that this is just like a very heavy catchy. It like, it has screaming in it, but the screaming itself is also catchy to sing along to. Okay. And that's what I liked about songs like Corseting and some other ones where they're, they're bringing in poppy and catchy sensibilities into all the parts of it, not just the singing parts for the choruses. Um, I want to preface out that I know you really like this album. My best friend really likes the Treyu too, and I just never got into it for one reason or another. It just never fell on my radar. And then I would just see them come out, and I'm like, yeah, I'm aware of this band. <laughs> I was way more into metalcore than I think you were around the same time. I didn't get into metalcore until like only a few years ago. Yeah, metalcore came first for me than a lot of uh, the pop punk and emo stuff. I did, yeah. It's my issue. Is this. Um. I already don't like a lot of these heavier screams in general. Mm -hmm. 
a lot of times when I've heard a lot of these screams are from like more heavy, heavier metal bands than this being more metalcore, it makes sense. Yep. And this being really early, it, I mean, it came out in like 2004, so it was yep. like right out the gate. Yep. So it was already going to be more similar to what we would kind of classify more as like traditional metal than metalcore. Correct, yeah. Because it being like labeled metalcore to me, and I'm like, uh, this doesn't sound like Bring Me the Horizon. <laughs> right, yeah. But let me tell you that when we were, when I was like, okay, I'm putting this on the, on the queue, right? I'm like, Lizzie might love this because this is basically uncanceled Aiden. This is like I vampires and horrorcore like, and shit. But it's the screaming. It just does like the vampire. Love it. I love vampires. Yeah. I love horrorcore. Um, like uh, <laughs> Calibri's. I love them. Like they're good. Yeah, Calibri's yeah, yeah. 66s are great. This, I think it's solely like, because of the, like the screams. The screams cancel it out for me. To me, it sounds like it's too old school metal, which I don't like yes. old school metal. It has a all. lot of like, I even thought uh, because they did the Bon Jovi cover, I was like, oh, this is like I 80s saw that metal. And I was like, like hello? Updated. Yeah. Dude, I and the cover, I hate the cover 80s bangs. Metal. The I cover hate bangs. 80s metal. Uh, 80s metal rules. I hate uh, 80s metal. Anyway, my, my least favorite <laughs> was um, Bleeding Mascara. Yeah. Oh my God. How is that a single? <laughs> and here's our chat with new Chicago pop punk besties. Definitely, maybe. Welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast, broadcasting to you from EmoSocialClub.tv or whatever. We'll change this intro. Who fucking cares? I'm Brian. <laughs> and I'm Lizzie. And we're talking tonight with Chicago pop punkers. Definitely, maybe. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Yay. Thanks for having us. I'm Courtney, and I am the singer. Uh, I'm Sawyer. I'm the bass player and do some production. I'm Ian. I play guitar and do a lot of the music writing. I'm Julian. I play drums. Hell yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and what salute. else do you do? <laughs> and your icebreaker is oh my your God, fun yeah. fact. Jesus, no icebreakers. This isn't class. Uh, I'm glad that we finally got to have you on because we met at Emo Night here in Chicago recently. And you, you introduced yourselves to me. And then uh, you popped off uh, very much and had songs that are popular and videos that are popular. And you never needed us. So now we came to you. <laughs> <laughs> we like we like that <laughs> you got too big for us and so we're like oh shit we gotta get them before they're like too big <laughs> i don't I know that there would have been a too big if there gets to be a too big we'll let you know <laughs> I, I think we will be very aware of that <laughs> but i think just to start off let's let's get some questions over here because we want people to know who you are if they don't already know you because then they'd be biffing it and we don't want them to keep biffing it <laughs> Um, so let's talk about how this most recent, recent single that you had put out, um, kind of came to be and how it's been so far for you with the reception of that latest single. Um, I love that one. Uh, we made that in LA during the same sessions that we made one more night in the viral one. And it's funny because we were all much more excited about are we having fun yet and so we just kind of like wanted to get one more night out there first so we could release the next one um we had no idea what would happen with one more night um which is awesome because it teed up are we having fun yet really great um and we actually had written that song super late at night the night we were like getting ready to leave for our session in la we had a super early flight it was like one in the morning we were wrapping up demos to give to the producer and I just came up with the idea on the spot and it was very clear in my head and I heard the guitar parts and I heard the entire chorus melody and I had all the lyrics in like 15 seconds and I was like hey I know it's super late and we gotta wake up early but like 
what do you think of this idea? And so if you hear the beginning of the song, that's actually the first take of me showing them the idea like that we were scratching out for the demo. And so I say, or something like that. And that's like actually organic and real and, and kind of how the song came to be. And it was a lot of me saying, okay, now Ian, try this. Like trying to mouth the guitar parts because I don't know how to play guitar mm-hmm. um, and a lot of things like that. And then we went to LA and got it produced, which was really, really fun. It's all real drums, all real amps, all real everything, which is really, really cool. So you d- kind of did like the Nickelback, How You Remind Me type thing, where you're like, we're going to write this song in 10 seconds and it's going to bang. It's <laughs> funny that you say that because in the chorus, they say these five words in my head mm-hmm. scream, are we having fun yet? Mm-hmm. And we didn't realize that until like the day it came out. And we were mind blown. So then we tried to make the thing on TikTok and it's not really working, but we'll keep trying. Like I accidentally rewrote <laughs> how you remind yeah. me. Yeah. 23 years later. Hey, we're asking the same questions. I mean, it's got to be important, right? I hope Nickelback is having fun because they deserve it. They I should be. That. I hope that, yeah. Hope it's no longer screaming in their head. They're like, no, we are having fun now. And we hope, <laughs> we hope we everyone are. else we is hope too. Everybody else is too, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was a fun one to lay down, too. Like Court said, like, uh, kind of One More Night was kind of, yeah, like, let's lay this down and then get to Are We Having Fun Yet? And working with Kevin on it was great because Kevin, from the start, um, well, first of all, that whole L.A. experience was the first time that we had used so many, like, live, real instruments, you know, made real loud noises (laughs) as part of the recording process, you know? A lot of what we do is direct, and so, like, that was just a sort of a new experience for this project for sure. But um, what was great about it was um, like Kevin is so used to that way of working that that he like sort of vision cast the song from the jump and was like, just trust me on this. I'm going to ask you to do some some things, you know, that might seem a little bit weird, but it's all going to come together in the end. And so like one of the things that he did was, you know, instead of like double tracking the guitars, um, uh, you know, pretty standard kind of practice for this genre. Um, We took all of my guitar parts for the chorus, and there were like two or three that were all kind of filling out this big thick sound in the demo that we had just quickly scraped together. And I had to like combine them into one part day of, and just like figure out the gymnastics of that so that we could double track it with an acoustic instead of an electric and like all of these things that he did to pull the song together is really kind of wild like the the mix and like the that the space of the song like the when you're listening to it is so unique um but that was all that side of it was all kevin's vision just sort of guiding us and saying trust me i've got this yeah kevin is the producer if you haven't gathered kevin mccombs (laughs) he's a wizard he also mixed the song and the mix is like so wild we haven't really heard many songs like that um it's like a really cool sound so we were all kind of obsessed um it was a little bit of a culture shock for us at first like we had a little bit of demoitis at the beginning when we heard the first mix we were like holy shit who is that band (laughs) Um, but the more we listened to it the more we fell in love with it which is awesome um we're obsessed with kevin he is he's a wild man uh the viral single the one that came out and, and, and popped you off, and now you're too big for us. Uh, <laughs> Clearly. I'm just going to keep making that joke because I think it's funny. But, uh, you know, we're, we're in the Chicago scene right now, and so no one ever gets, like, a, a giant head, and everybody's just like, no, we're just the same people. We just 
have had some some fortune and now we want to do cool shows and hang out with our friends so it's like yeah you popped off but it's also like we're all we all understand what that means i guess just in the chicago way um but that single that came that that how has the reaction been how has the viralness of it been how has uh how have you changed uh what have you bought with your (laughs) i don't know (laughs) (laughs) oh nothing yet (laughs) (laughs) yeah we're in it i'm just kidding um it's been crazy so we were in la working on the song and we had been posting on tiktok religiously three to eight times a day every day for months and months and months and nothing was happening And we had written that song a while ago. We had actually played it live a few times. We played it at Summerfest in July, and we wouldn't end up even recording it till October um, and releasing it in November. And so we had posted it before. We had done all the things. Nothing had really happened. Um, we went to L.A. I was posting in the studio while we were working on it. And I put my phone down, you know, the stories, and then you, I sang my little parts, and then I picked my phone back up, and... I was like, holy shit, you guys, like this TikTok might hit 10K. And that was like the first TikTok that kind of got momentum. And that one got to, I think, like 100K. And that was by far the biggest we'd ever had. I mean, like I said, we'd been posting a fuck ton forever and getting, you know, 150 views. So finally, like this one broke through. And and the hard part about it was people were saying, well, where's the full song? And we were like, uh, we're, we're making it right now. Like, okay, so when's it going to come out? We're like, um, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know yet. And we really don't have money to pay for a rush fee. So it all depends on how nice Kevin wants to be to us. Um, so that was kind of the first one that got traction. And then the saying goes that once your first one pops, it's much easier to get more to pop. So we had a few after that hit like 10K, 15K. It started to get less soul sucking to post on TikTok. We actually like had some people that would comment and like, and um, so we just kept at it three to six times a day for months and months and months. Um, we didn't actually get a viral one until Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah, it was like I posted the Friday after Thanksgiving or the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Um, and that was fucking nuts. I mean, that was insanity phone overheating for like days and days and days. <laughs> Um, and it was kind of my dream come true and my worst nightmare because I talk about this a lot. Um, but TikTok removed the video three times, three different times Hmm. due to violating community guidelines and they wouldn't say which ones, but I assume it's because we said kill, fuck and die like a million times Mm -hmm. and actually had it in the captions <laughs> so they like, yeah and it's getting viral traction it's probably some really bad thing um and so i do social media nine to five i have like a very corporate job i'm in the office i wear slacks it's so fun <laughs> and um i actually do use our tiktok connections to reinstate the video permanently because they kept removing it in the middle of the night at like two and three in the morning yeah after the third time it was down for like three days and i was just distraught i went to a show with some friends and i they were all like girl it's okay and i was like it's not the video's gone everything's gone (laughs) it's all over everything we've Uh, worked for yeah it was nuts because when you open up your spotify backend as you both probably know you can see how many people are listening Mm. in real time when you have a release and when the tiktok was up that number was huge i mean we had like between 80 and 100 people listening at any given point 24 hours a day for like two weeks straight wow 
But when the TikTok would get removed, that would tank. Wow. All of a sudden, no one was listening. So we were like, well, fuck. Like, there is a direct correlation here between <laughs> when the TikTok is up and who's listening. And so every time it got pulled, it was just like they were ripping pieces of my heart out. I was like, please, <laughs> let it stay up. It's a positive message, I swear. Um, and so that was fucking nuts. We went from 150 monthly listeners, which we had been at for a year and a half. We had no songs over... 5,000 streams on Spotify, I don't think. We had some still under 1,000 that had been out for a year and a half. Um, so it has like that little carrot that's like less oh, than 1,000, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is always super encouraging to that's see. A fun uh, yeah, it's fun to see. <laughs> yeah, and um, all of a sudden, One More Night gets 100K in like the first week or month or whatever it was. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, and all of our other songs kind of see a halo effect. So we hit 50K on something from our EP, and it was super exciting. Like, all the songs are getting traction. We actually have TikTok followers. We went from 150 monthly listeners to 60,000 in just wow. like a month. And then yeah. um, we the song has half a million streams right now. Um, and then over just like the first week of January, we had another TikTok go viral. I got to a million. And then another one I posted that same week got half a million so we had like another little moment i got to watch the numbers climb again we had like 130 people listening at any given moment it was crazy and i think the coolest part is obviously when i wrote that song and when i wrote are we having fun yet i was not having fun <laughs> i was not in a good spot and um it's sort of like did you guys see um, the Elmo tweet where yes. Elmo yes. Tweeted, yeah. asked how people were doing and like a hundred, yeah, 180 million people were like, not so good Elmo. Um, that's yeah. kind of how it felt. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's kind of bittersweet because so many people can relate. Um, but I will get like just the heaviest DMS. And I mean, I, like, I love getting them, send them to me, please. Like I, I can take it. Um, but it'll be, you know, people talking about suicide attempts and people talking about, who they've lost and people sharing their stories. And I mean, like tens of thousands of people have like commented and liked and sent us messages. And it's, it's pretty wild um, to see that many people that can relate to a song that I felt like was so far removed. I had like, I was like, people might actually want to lock me up <laughs> when they hear it. <laughs> um, and maybe they do. But uh, like, for example, I was really worried for my parents to hear it. They were very confused. Um, but it's really cool to kind of get to know people's stories from that. And um, I think something we were worried about and something we had heard is that you can have a TikTok pop, but it's what you do after that that really matters. Like you gotta release a song really soon. You gotta play shows. You gotta try to get on tour. Don't wait, don't wait. And like something we had heard from friends who tour a lot is everyone on TikTok says, you know, come to this city, come to Detroit, do this. And then they don't buy tickets. They don't show up. Mm -hmm. So we kind of like, I'd say probably I'm very pessimistic. I feel like <laughs> they're relatively optimistic slash neutral. So I expected <laughs> nothing. I was like, okay, a TikTok went viral. Like, so fucking what? Like many bands have had this. This is usually when they tank. So we had a show, the TikTok popped in November, the weekend after Thanksgiving, we had a show first week of December. So like, two and a half, three weeks later, that show had a line out the door of people saying they were here from TikTok. We had people that flew in from Colorado to wow. see the show because they saw the TikTok walking their dog. And what? like, <laughs> it was fucking nuts. And, and when we played it, I posted a video of the live audio 
the crowd was singing it and like we had never experienced that before <laughs> i have like chills talking about it but it was just nuts and the stories we heard at the merch booth and the people we talked to that night it was just so special like i'm the more vulnerable music that we post and the more people we get to talk with on tiktok and in real life like the less i believe that coincidence exists because it was all just very crazy so it's it's been a wild ride it's it's very like high highs low lows like yay viral tiktok oops it got removed like <laughs> okay now what second song comes out it's just about to hit 10k where one more night was at you know 100 by this point so it's like we knew after that things would feel a little bit weird um so we're just kind of navigating that space as a group right now but it's been wild and crazy <laughs> well let's make sure that we are at least promoting like you said like now that the tiktok is viral and you're 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 popping off you're going you're going to the heights of heights uh you've got a couple shows coming up you got an ep coming out in april uh so let's go ahead and promote those so the people keep watching you and getting ready for these things so um you're playing a show at b kitchen you got snooze fest here in chicago and you got oh, a show yeah. in detroit we were saying yeah so we'll do a we've got a little weekender february 16th we're up in detroit um half of us have never been have you been mm -mm. oh three of us oh, have never goodness. been so we're excited um tiktok seems to be very excited and we announced <laughs> the show before we had the tiktok link you'd think we would have learned <laughs> uh, but we did not <laughs> so i have a lot of comments to respond to and and it's i'm like very curious to see who shows up then from tiktok because we had such a good experience in chicago um trying to keep my expectations in check there but we'll report back and then we'll be playing snooze fest um in chicago at beat kitchen which is this really cool festival um that has i want to say there's like eight or nine bands that have shorter slots um everyone is encouraged to wear their pajamas bring their pillows and then a hundred percent of the money at the end of the night gets donated to the hope for us network which is a mental health awareness org which is really really cool and obviously very fitting for us so we are excited to be a part of it and we love playing at beat kitchen so we cannot wait to be back oh yeah and uh your ep in april let's drop some info yes. about that too there is little known about the EP. <laughs> we are starting to play some of those songs live, though. Yes, uh, we played cool. two, well, two of the unreleased ones um, in Milwaukee and Chicago. We'll, we'll probably play them at the Weekender in Detroit and Chicago. Um, but we think that there will be five songs. Um, two will be completely brand new that won't be released as singles. Um, it's a combo of what we made in LA and then we had the absolute and utter honor to work with Dan Swank in Nashville who does auxiliary and production and rhythm guitar for All Time Low on tour and he's longtime collaborator of Taylor Acorn, Arrows in Action. He did a song on the new Knox record um, which is a freaking jam and um, we did three songs with him one of them comes out March 1st, and then the other two will be the ones that are on the EP. They are all so different. It's like the one coming out March 1st is very dark, evanescence vibes. Um, yeah. I know. I saw you got the, the cover up for, for it on your Insta, uh -huh. and I was like, I feel like we took a hard pivot here. <laughs> and I had to double check that I had the right like band handle. <laughs> I'm like, nope, that's them. <laughs> Yeah. Spooky vibes. That's kind of, we really, really, really like that direction. Um, the title track from our debut EP that came out in 2020, 
three is kind of in that darker, more like emo vein versus pop punk. Um, and we love that song, so definitely a space that we want to play in more. Um, the other two unreleased ones is like almost a ballad, like a really sad ballad. Um, a salad, if you will. A salad. A salad, <laughs> a salad called Nevermind um, that we play live now, which is really fun. And people are just kind of like, wait, what? Because it's like slower and softer and so different from I Don't Sleep at Night, um, which is the spooky one. And then that one's actually also gotten like the most immediate response from people. Like, I, there's, there's, you know, I, I think in general, when we show people our stuff, it's positive, and they're like, yeah, this is really good. But, like, even some of the fans that have been to a few of our shows now, when we played that one live um, at Bottom Lounge on Saturday. What? Like, I don't sleep at night? No, never, never mind. mind. Oh. Came up and was like, whoa, that, that new one, I really like it. I can't, I, I don't know why, but there's just something about it, you know. Yeah. Which is cool. What it started, oh, I don't even know if I want, well, when it comes out and we come back on the show because you mm -hmm. had so much fun, we'll talk about what that song is about because it's <laughs> very heavy, but the song is so like twinkly. It's almost like 90s pop rock girly, like uh, freaking Sheryl Crow or Shania Twain or like it's it's crazy. And then the final song, which we haven't announced yet and won't be released as a single either. Um, it's called Underscore, and the inspiration tracks for that were like Weightless by All Time Low and Heartbreak of the Century by Neck Deep. So it's like very pop punk, very guitar riff heavy, like just an absolute fucking ripper with like <laughs> that line in the chorus that you're just like, ooh, like the hook is really fun. So I am pumped for that one to come out. I truly hope that it has good TikTok reception as One More Night. Um, obviously, it would be cool for all of our songs, but that probably won't happen. So um, <laughs> it's funny because we all have different favorites from the EP, like wildly different favorites. I like I Don't Sleep at Night. Sora likes Underscore. Ian likes Nevermind. I don't know which one you like. I like them all. Julian <laughs> likes them all. Julian likes the We're, next one that's the not safe been The answer. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> We're making Jules work hard for his money that we don't pay him um, <laughs> which is cool like i also kind of want to like make sure that we properly introduce jules because he's not been a, a, a part of a lot of like the sort of extracurricular content that we get to do like this um because for the entirety of our time as a band it's been like the three of us writing for the most part and then we've had um a bunch of like different people in and out um play with us live that have been amazing and they're all great friends of ours but like jules has been in there from the start and he is actually drumming live on the two that we did in LA are we having fun yet and one more night which was amazing and so like the that that like kick-ass fill in the middle of uh one more night that he did that like you know in yeah. person no sweat um <laughs> a little bit like, of sweat you know, he left no crumbs yeah. left no crumbs yeah. <laughs> no sweat but he's been also getting more involved now like like full disclosure we're going to be writing more music um after this podcast with with jules too so oh yeah um uh but we've been we came back with these three new songs from nashville because jules didn't get to go on that trip he had some some work stuff come up but um so you know it's sort of just been so far like hey jules here are these new songs for you to learn um, <laughs> he kept asking before la he's like so which songs am i doing and i was like it's one more night and then we don't know. <laughs> we don't know. What and the then we're going to find out. Then you're like, guys, the night before, yeah. you got like 24 he was hours. On the drive there. He was literally he was listening to SoundCloud. 
But we were like, it's, it's just a demo. Like, play whatever you want. But it's I like know. he had never even heard yeah. <laughs> the song before. Um, <laughs> but two, two cool things about the EP, and then if we want to move on, we can. But um, two of the songs, I Don't Sleep at Night and Nevermind, I started writing about something that I thought I was writing it about. And then by the time they were finished, it became about something completely different. So um, I've posted this on TikTok a few times, but... Uh, I thought I was writing I Don't Sleep at Night about a toxic relationship that a friend of mine is in. I was sort of writing it from their perspective or trying to. Um, but then when I started showing it to my family and my friends, someone said, wow, like, that's a really deep portrayal of substance abuse. And I was like, what? And then I was, <laughs> You're like, I was like, fuck, I was like, did I write this about my toxic relationship with alcohol? Like, is that is that what this song is about? So then I posted it on TikTok and I asked people what they thought and there was like this is the anthem of chronic illness like this was growing up in my childhood home and like how my parents treated me like there was just so many different iterations of like what people thought it was about which is just so fucking cool and then same with Nevermind like I what I wrote it about I don't think you could even guess it if you listen like people just automatically kind of put onto it what they need to attach to it to like work through it. And I think that's really cool. So that's one of been one of my favorite parts about these new songs. Like one more night is the message is pretty clear. I feel like that one's pretty universal <laughs> what people relate to about that. But same with, are we having fun yet? But these next three, I feel like they kind of have that more ambiguous, like you're going to be able to put sort of whatever's mirrors. going. Yeah. It, it kind of reflects back at you, whatever you're experiencing, which has been wild. And that's been really cool for me too, because like I, uh, I've always been super creative and very musical and like written things and stuff, and they've never really amounted to much, until definitely maybe of course. But um, I, I don't express with my words. That's how I express, and like, um, this has been a really great way of helping Court tell her story so far, um, and I've known Court for you know a long time, and so I also know the stories, and so it's been very difficult for me to necessarily super relate to these songs because I know exactly where they're coming from and what they're about. And these are some of the first ones that like are sort of ambiguous enough where like I'm finding myself like super relate to them, um, which is really cool. And, and they've been really fun to play live now that we're starting to play these new ones uh, for that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. True. Now with these, you have five songs. How did you decide to pick which three singles were going to be the singles and which ones were just going to be non-singles? People can hear them later. Great question. Timing. Uh, TikTok lit a fire under our little butts to get one more night out. So we really rushed that one. And then the general rule, which I hear rumblings that this is not going to be the case in the near future, is you want to spread your releases out six weeks. That's like kind of a, it's like four to eight weeks or something. Like you don't want to go longer than that, but you don't want to go shorter because of editorial playlisting. So we'd heard that. Um, so once One More Night came out, we knew we wanted to put Are We Having Fun Yet at six weeks. And then we probably wanted to release another single. And then we were actually planning to release all of them as singles. But the problem we're running into now is people on TikTok are like, hey, like, where's the album? Or like, do you have more music out? Like, I'm, I'm looking, but I only see a few. And like, we're like, no, like, we're new. We've only been a band for <laughs> like just almost two years. We just like, got here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so we're like, we just got to get music out. So then that led us to think, okay, maybe we do an EP and we don't do every six weeks and we just 
get a bunch out so we can have people listening and um, bundle them up with One More Night and Are We Having Fun Yet, which people know and love, and so hopefully that kind of can kickstart these three. Um, but I Don't Sleep at Night, which is the last single that we'll release from the EP with the spooky artwork, is just so different um, and such a reflection of like a direction that we would love to head in that I think that's what gravitated us to it, to release it as the first and I guess only single that we'll release from those Nashville sessions. Um, it felt like it fit kind of the dark wintry mood and vibe. So I think that's why. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> that's one of those questions where we're just like, yep, and then we let that one sit. No, we just let it <laughs> sit. Uh, we'll ask a couple more that are just like kind of, these are like basic questions we're asking everybody and we're just seeing, you know, where we're at with it. Uh, so maybe some of these will go around through everybody and just have everybody give their their answer for it. Uh, what is the most emo song you are listening to right now? It can be your own, I suppose. We didn't actually say this when we were making this. Like, oh, yeah. it could be your own song. It if could you're like, be. Like, there's no shame in it. You're adding to the, you know. I have an immediate answer, but it's going to be kind of lame, sort of. <laughs> Do oh, it. Um, because it's not emo in the, the like, traditional sort of. Well, you are sound. on the emo social club podcast, so you watch your mouth. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> you yeah, I, I would say like lyrically, it's it's emo. I I identify with like, you know, the the song takes me to a similar place, and it's uh, I miss myself by Ren for short. Mm. That's been like an on repeat song for the last like over a year for not me. Not emo. It's not, but it's very like. But it has the vibes. Similar similar song. lyrical like sort of content. I would. She say. was at Riot Fest. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like maybe check it out if you're you know is it more like alt rock like the radio alt rock type of vibe mm -hmm. i would say okay so. yeah. that's what i i think i've heard the name before and i was like i think that that's where i probably heard it that yeah. song smashed live it was so good yeah and like i love it because like um for me the the emo genre growing up i i, I never really fully got to experience it um in the way that i am now more because I don't know that I had those, a whole lot of those emotions to, to really relate to that I was being honest with myself about at that time. But um, I've always really related to like super dynamic music and that song makes such great use of that. Like it creates this huge space and then all of a sudden like at the end of the song everything comes in and it's super high energy and like everyone's there. And like that really kind of hits those, those lyrics into my soul like so much harder. So nice. I'm curious to your answer, Mr. Uh, Talkative. I mean, mine's mine's probably Coma right now. Coma by Taylor Eklund. Yeah, oh, which that's, I don't, that's not that emo either. Yes, it is. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yes, she's an emo. Right, yeah, yeah, she's like pop punk emo. Yeah. Yeah, shape shifting's so, emo. Yeah, so yeah, that's probably my mine right now. Okay, mine. Would you consider the uninvited emo? I'm like yeah. literally obsessed with this band from the UK called Uninvited. Holy shit, are they good. And they're still like pretty small. Um, they just announced that they're supporting Rory on tour, who has that song, um, Un uh, Uncomplicated, Uncom hmm. Emo Bop. Yeah, because um, she was a TikTok person too. Yes, and so I'm hoping she like is obsessed with the same song by Uninvited that I'm obsessed with. So <laughs> 
using it in TikToks, and I'm like, I could not be happier. I cannot stop listening to that song or the entire EP. The song is called Survivor's Guilt. And which is pretty we, emo. yeah, yeah Sawyer yeah. sent it to me. I had my AirPods in, which I, I really never do. I don't really listen to music through headphones ever. Um, for some reason, I think it's something about the way I grew up. They weren't allowed at my house, so I just didn't do that. Um, long story <laughs> short. And uh, I had my AirPods in. I was walking to the green line to get home from my corporate job. And Sawyer sent me this song on Spotify. I clicked it open. It starts to play. And halfway through, I realized, not only, like, it's raining outside, I'm in my fucking slacks, and my Chelsea boots are click-clacking on the sidewalk, and I am crying. <laughs> I haven't, that hasn't happened to me from listening to a song for the first time in a very long time. I don't know if I can remember the last time I've cried at a first listen to a song. It was just, it, like, hit so deep. It reminded me of me and my sister, the one that passed, and in the second verse... Right before you go into the chorus, the line is, you've got it in you too, make it one more night. And like the instruments cut out and they say, make it one more night. And I was like, what? I, was like, <laughs> I texted Sawyer and I was like, why, why didn't you warn me? And he was like, what? I was like, did you, he did you hear what they said? Like, this song's so fucking sad. <laughs> this song it's, is like, so fucking it's beautiful. It's so good. And every song on that EP is so good. I'm like getting teary eyed talking about that song. I don't know what it is. And it's like, by no means is it perfect. It's not perfectly produced, like a little rough around the edges. Um, and that just like makes it better. It's so good. Listen to it after this. I, I swear you won't regret it. Um, you still need to share your uh, most emo song. Um, I was listening to the Gold Steps music. Uh, this band we played with, uh, what was it last uh, Friday and Saturday? Yeah. We had this song called Stay the Same. It's yes. like their hit. And mm -hmm. I've been like, listening to it on repeat. So Banger. That's nice. pretty good. So yeah. good. Yeah. We play with the them a lot. They're at Snooze Fest, too. Nice. Yeah, I, I we had them on, like, last answer. year, I think. Yeah. I have a better answer to the question if you really need, like, a full line. I'm sorry, you know? do we all get to go twice? <laughs> but what's the <laughs> second album? most emo what's song you're listening to? What's the second one? Let's think about <laughs> it now. Can you just tell us me first? It's Fever Dream. Palais Royale's album Fever Dream is just a work of art. That also... We saw them live, and that was, they're fucking nuts. They played a cover of, ha, huh, you would know about this. They played a cover of Teenagers by MCR, mm -hmm. and the crowd just went ballistic. Like, they just went, the floor at Aragon was, like, shaking. It was God. so fun. One of my favorite songs from that record. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a oh, fine song. It's and, there. And I'm not going to be mad when everybody's enjoying a song together, you know? It's like, all right, Oh, you hate yeah. that one, don't you? I read this post. Uh... I, or no, it's a different one. It's a different one. I What's don't that? care we, we, for famous last words. Yeah, but he, yeah, we yeah, both agreed that we like, both agree on, on the record, are not. teenagers is like one of the weaker songs on Black Parade, and we're we're rating that against like all other records, like yes. or just as itself, like everything that Mike Hem does is is holy. Like to if me, you were so to try cares? to like rank all of <laughs> yes. Black Parade in order of like the best and strongest song to the weakest. Teenagers is the weakest. Yeah, I'd agree. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'll have to listen. Um, when we were making <laughs> One More Night, our producer is a metal, like a metalhead. Mm -hmm. His his favorite band is Cannibal Corpse. Okay. He was going to their show for his birthday, which is like so our vibe, like totally yeah. fit. Yes. Um, and uh, I sang the line in the One More Night breakdown that's like, I'm not okay. And he was mm -hmm. like, can you just like take that My Chem line uh, one more time from the top? And I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, oh, we have so a nod funny. to My Chem. Like a slight little, and I've, I also had never heard them called that. I had always 
heard them called MCR. I was like, now I have a cool nickname for them too. And I sound <laughs> hip and industry-like. Um, so, so that was fun to realize. A little shout out. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And so also going forward, it might be hard to collab with My Chemical Romance, but who would you Why want to try to collab? Right <laughs> oh, man. Lizzie's this one's so easy for me. And it might actually, well, I don't want to spoil yeah. it. Um, but we are named after um, a pop punk song from 2003, definitely maybe by FM Static, fucking Ripper. Um, <laughs> that is actually the side project of the dudes from Thousand Foot Crutch, which is like metal, new metal. I don't yeah. know. I'm not, I'm not well versed in my metal. I'd say song. new metal, yeah. That's fair. Yeah, new metal. Um, and, which I also loved and the lead singer and writer. And he also produces a lot of stuff um, and produced a ton from that era. So like Hawk Nelson vibes, Reliant K, like that's the shit I grew up on. I grew up in a super conservative Christian household. Um, my life is very different now. And um, the lead singer of that band, Trevor McNevin is probably right now. Like I would die to collaborate with him. It's like the, the, his voice is like the soundtrack of my angsty youth. So it'd just be the perfect full circle to like collab on the the guy who basically gave us our name and and the inspiration to make this kind of music. So Trevor McNevin is mine. You have yours. Yeah, um, mine would probably right now be Chris Griotti uh, because of his work on that Palais Royale um, album. He did like the like, Willow Smith album. He works with Youngblood a lot. He hmm. did the Palais Royale album. He yeah. is a psycho on guitar. It's <laughs> fucking nuts. He's just like, I can't explain it. Like, the he turns the songs that he's been on, or at least those songs that I've found that that have really connected with me, into like works of art that like you could almost like take all of the lyrics away and you'd still know what the song was about. Ooh. Um, you know, like, cause that's, again, I was saying earlier, like, I don't really use words to express myself very often. That's like my second language. If I could be weird and pretentious about it and like music <laughs> would be my first language. And so like songs Cute. that do that, like where I almost don't even need to listen to the lyrics, like just light me up in, in a way that I can't really explain. And like, he's been able to do that consistently. So I would really love to work with him. Same. How about you, Jules? Who would I want to collab with? Yeah. Gold stuff? No. Do we just like pick anyone? Yeah, yeah just anyone. Sure. Oh, Travis Blocker, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Like. Who? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what's he I done? Playing, like all those songs, so. True. I just so. like, and I like what he's doing now, so. Says the drummer. Yeah. 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 Makes sense. Tracks. What about you? For me, I don't know. There's a couple people that I would love to work with, but probably Beauty School Dropout mm. uh, would be would be a fun collab. Bardo. I'm wearing their hoodie. Yeah. I'm also wearing it in the viral TikTok. <laughs> uh, they're just good guys. I, I like their music. They're just super cool. They're cool guys. They are unfair. Like, not only is their production top-notch and their songs super catchy, and, like, live, they just go ham i mean they're insane coley's voice is wild like they're just they're almost so perfect that it's frustrating but they're also super nice which is even more frustrating (laughs) we love them we're kind of obsessed yeah they did the uh they did a lala after show 
uh, with uh, Loveless. Loveless right? yeah. yeah. So we saw them there, but they also mm-hmm. came through the Lollapalooza emo night that we did. Damn. And so they, I was like, saw them there, and I was like, hey, you're you're in beauty school dropout, right? And they were just like super friendly, and I'm like, yeah, I I haven't heard of you guys before this weekend, but I saw I saw mm. a bit of their set at the fest, and then I saw them at that Loveless show, and I was like, damn, they are really good, and. Yeah. I'll yeah. I'll add on to what you said. Like, not only are they very talented, but like good-looking dudes, and it makes me so mad. Oh my God. Like, they how are you going to be pretty and be talented? Like, you got to get out. They know how own. to dress. Like, how yeah. you can't have it all, but yet you do. Yeah, they're so intimidating. But yeah. then you talk to them, and as soon as they open their mouths, you're like, oh my God, I just was hugged by your your words. Yep. <laughs> yeah. The swag too fresh, too strong. Yep. While we were out in L.A. working on. Um, one more night and are we having fun yet we went to uh landon barker's show like his, his birthday, birthday show, show. <laughs> and uh i think it was his first was it his first show no no okay but uh so he he, it was it was awesome like christian gates was there uh warming uh or opening up for him and uh was it christian that michael was playing with michael rose the drummer for beauty school dropout was playing yeah. with with uh christian, I think gates. christian gates that another night. tiktoker and yeah. so like and i like we had have had the opportunity to meet Beauty School Dropout, and I like love Michael. He's he's like, everybody like, loves such Michael a good Rose. Dude. And like, we had such an awesome conversation the first time we met, and so like I ran right up to him, and like he is very much like the probably the most approachable one in the group. And then you know we turn around and like Coley walks in with his sunglasses on, and everybody immediately yeah. sw- like swarms him and knows who he is, and he's like already this rock star. Bardo standing LA. ten feet tall. With his yeah, and it's it's cool like it's crazy. Outfit. They're like there's there's a word or a phrase for that that I can't think of, but like they're just sort of pull on. I don't know. They're like a little larger than life. Mm-hmm. They have and it, then, and they then have you talk to them, and they're awesome. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, they're shout rad. Out, shout out BSD. Dot wave. I wear this hoodie at least seven days a week. <laughs> I I thought about buying it. And now I'm like, damn, I should have bought it. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, it was, yeah, for it sure. was not cheap, but yeah. it was worth it because I know where that money is going. Yep. <laughs> uh, this might be our last one. We might wrap up with some other stuff, but at the at the very least, let's get this question out there. Uh, you're we, we are both from Chicago. We share the Chicago scene. So let's hype up the Chicago scene a little bit. What do you guys feel about it? How do you feel about the other bands that are around here? We know the scene pops off. We know the scene has a lot of talent in it. Uh, but mm. what's been your experience uh, and, and how, have you, how have you grown up in the scene? And, and let's just get a well-rounded picture of it. It's wild because we were so not in the scene until we really were in the scene. <laughs> like it was like... <laughs> We didn't know any of it, and now, I, I mean, I hope. I feel like we know a lot of it. Um, maybe that's presumptuous, but, um, yeah, I wasn't really, like, we didn't go to shows, really, until we started doing the band, which is bad, I know. Um, at least shows yeah. in our scene. Yeah. Yeah. Shows in our scene. Yeah. <laughs> let me, let me rephrase. Yeah. I didn't even listen to music that came out after 2007 until 2020 because I was bored and had nothing to do. Mm-hmm. So, finally, um, we're going to shows. We're meeting people. Um, it's been so weird to be very pleasantly surprised with how friendly and welcoming everyone is um which has been wild i mean even before the tiktok went viral everyone in the chicago scene treats you like your band is something even if it's not or i mean it's something to someone and it's something to you but to be a band that has played two shows and has 140 monthly listeners and to be treated like you're this 
cool hit band from Chicago like breaking into the scene it, it just was really encouraging and validating um and made it really fun to play those shows when maybe everyone that was there for us we knew but like it allowed us to put on a show for these other bands and like a lot of Midwest is kind of like a scene too as well as Chicago but um I, I feel like I don't want to play the shout outs game but we have so many we could shout out <laughs> you can shout them out uh, yeah. you can do it we've been talking a lot with the when the sun sets mm -hmm. boys and they're just so kind um they have a very similar mission um they always donate a portion of their merch to hope for the day which is rad um and then gold steps is milwaukee we play with them a fuck ton um they're fantastic um we play with we've played with color me amused quite a bit um suitable miss out in denver we've played with a ton i don't know if denver is midwest no um, some people argue played. it is but yeah. i'm like it's just yeah. like off in the it, it's in like what like rocky mountain time too mountains. like they're somewhere else it's mountains more midwest, are not midwest. <laughs> Yeah. It's but, uh, like we're central and that's more technically midwest yes like, if you're but looking at a map <laughs> um we just played shows with high wire we're, we're doing this mm -hmm. weekend or with guardrail um planning some stuff with when the sun sets for hopefully spring um so it's just yeah it's really friendly it's been a lot of fun um oh yeah and uh if you've heard of the band good hangs who mm -hmm. also mm -hmm. uh has a lot of fun on tiktok doing their um What's it called? Gar what is, what is this garbage? Uh, which they stopped, and I'm starting a petition to bring it back. Um, but the rhythm guitar, or lead guitar? One of the guitar players yeah. officiated our wedding. He's one of our best friends. His younger brother's in the band. He was in our wedding. He played guitar for our first dance. Um, and we just will forever love those guys. And it's been crazy because the lead singer of Good Hangs or not lead singer, but the guy that officiated our wedding used to be our pastor at church. Huh. And now he's in good hangs, which is <laughs> such a crazy contrast. Thanks so much for tuning in this week to the Emo Social Club, guys. Super appreciate it. Make sure that you hit five stars on whatever podcast app that you are streaming us on. If you're on iTunes, make sure to drop a review too. If you want to hear the full unedited, you know, slightly edited for some, uh, you know, bumps in the road or anything like that, interview with definitely maybe make sure to head on over to our patreon it is free to subscribe to it and then if you want a little bit more extra content it's only a dollar a month so consider it there's there's some funny things left on the cutting room floor plus you can see and hear these full-length interviews with bands that you already love or you're soon going to love and of course keep it locked in here we have so many more interviews and other content coming your way but for now, this has been Lizzie, the Emo Social Club, and Brian is probably being normal and sleeping. Maybe. We'll see you next time. Bye.